How's it going, Suncast listeners? My name is Reagan Harrell, and welcome in to another episode of the Suncast Podcast. Awesome, awesome, awesome episode today. Two great interviews. Garrett Rise from Kaiser University and Kayla uh, Rowell from Coastal Georgia, first Mariner we've had on. Also, first fellow Georgian we've had on the podcast, making a little history there. Um, And this episode is brought to you by the one, the only, the man that I had lunch with today. It's Mr. Von Elberon, best Brazilian food on this side of the Mississippi River. Uh, Let's see, what I have today? I had a chicken bowl, and then I had the apple pie and pinata for dessert. I also had the guava and cheese, which is, it's moved its way up the power rankings. The guava and cheese and pinata is officially my number one empanada at Vons. So y'all go try that one out. Um, I've, I've been advocating it for a little bit now, but it, it's officially become my number one. Vons doing his thing. Uh, he's got an awesome menu. Check it out. He's uh, working on better marketing other uh, than just having a random food truck by a gas station. He's got some flags and posters up. So it's a little bit easier to see it on that side, on the side of the road over there by Weber. So go see Mr. Vaughn. He'll hook you up. All right. And here is Mr. Garrett Rise of Kaiser University. All right. Now I welcome on a very special guest to the Suncast podcast. It's Mr. Garrett Rise, ace for the Kaiser Seahawks. Garrett, how's it going today, bud? It's going well. Good, good. Uh, yeah. Crucial part of the season now, man. There's one series left, and then the real real fun starts. How are you guys feeling? Yeah, we're feeling good. Um, felt like that Southeastern kind of was a huge turning point when we took two out of three, and then last weekend we swept. So we're feeling good going into this weekend against FOMO. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, FOMO is a dangerous team for sure. They took they take one against Weber. They dang sure got almost got one or two against uh, Southeastern this past weekend. Uh, FOMO's they're, they're postseason. They need some help to get in, but they're going to be real fired up to go against y'all. Um, down in, you know, kind of southwest Florida, it's a little bit – it's kind of like y'all. It's y'all at St. Thomas and Flomo. And then up here, it's southeastern Warner and Weber. Uh, is there, there a little bit of rivalry, you feel, kind of down there with St. Thomas and Flomo? Um, I mean, I'm not for sure. It's my first time, I mean, in sure. this conference, so I don't know about past – but, I mean, I know that it's a huge series, and they I think they need to win all three games to make the tournament or at least try to make a regional or something. So they're going to come out playing their best baseball, I'm sure. Yeah, I think they can get in if they sweep, and then if there's some sort of sweep. If I think if Thomas sweeps Weber or um, I think St. Thomas is playing uh, Warner, if one of those two teams sweep, I think then it's a chance they get, on, get in. Or, yeah, they, they will get in if that happens, but uh, – yeah, that'd, that'd be really yeah, interesting. Even if, y'all take, for sure. even if they take two of three against y'all, I don't think they'll get in, but that could bring y'all down to probably fifth in the standings. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way it is mm-hmm. right now, I mean, the two through five, y'all, Weber, Warner, and St. Thomas, wherever you're at now, there's a good chance it's not going to be where you're at because two through five still has to play each other with Warner and St. Thomas, and then you guys will hope, will most likely pick up two of three or three um, and that's probably my prediction with it. And then Weber taking Saint, uh, taking on Thomas. I think Weber's playing really good baseball. Tough loss against Southeastern. Um, I'm getting a little bit uh, later with that. But I do think Weber's got a good chance of sweeping and hopefully moving up in the polls a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, with you guys, you said you said that Southeastern was a big series for y'all taking two or three of them. It was a big turnaround. But um, – 
Now, I think the Weber series, dude, when I saw that, I didn't – I wasn't really sure what Kaiser was fully before that Weber series. I was kind of thinking they got a good staff. I don't know what their bats are fully like outside of uh, Tim. And then, phew, God, y'all, y'all – not only y'all, your starters, but uh, I forget the name of the guy that came out of the bullpen and slammed the door twice in our face. Uh, who was that that got picked up the saves in uh-huh. one or two? I'd probably guess Brandon McCabe. McCabe. He's been having a great year. Yep, it was McCabe. He came out and shut the door, and that mm-hmm. sweep was like, okay, now Kaiser's legit. And then somehow y'all fall outside the top 25, and I just kind of threw my hands up in the air. I'm like, yeah, that makes that makes total sense, guys. But, um, no, I mean, y- y'all are coming in. Y'all are hot. But let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, you said this is your first year at Kaiser. Uh, just tell us a little bit about how you ended up becoming a Seahawk. Yeah, so uh, the last two years I've been at, I was at Creighton University, which is a – D1 in Omaha, Nebraska, so in the Midwest. Um, once after last year, I decided I want to transfer and kind of get away from the Midwest. And Yeah, I can't blame um, you. Yeah, I was in the portal um, all summer. I was playing summer ball, and Coach Kangas, one of our assistants, he reached out to me, and we just were talking throughout the whole process. And then I talked to all their coaches, and I really liked what they had going there, and they had a good past. Um, with winning baseball and it's in West Palm Beach, Florida. So yeah, can't really get much better. Yeah. That's something that I hear from just about everybody that comes to a school like Southeastern Weber There's a big one for me for Weber. We got a beach on campus and obviously uh, Kaiser and Kaiser being in West Palm and then Flomo and St. Thomas being in Miami. It's hard to beat one to be there, especially coming from the Midwest. Uh, you yeah. did, Creighton is in kind of a storied, uh, part of baseball, you know, Omaha's College Baseball World Series. You ever get a chance to check that out? Oh, yeah. I mean, all our home games are actually at the field that they play the College World Series at. So that was our home stadium. That. So, awesome. I mean, we in the spring we practice there and play our games there. So it's a pretty cool experience. Yeah, absolutely. Who are some uh, Who are some guys or some teams that you play in your conference? I'm not, like, entirely sure about <laughs> all that. Yeah, so it was the Big East. It would be Xavier – UConn, St. John's, Seton Hall. Uh, let me think. I think that's all the ones I know off the top of my head. I don't know if you can. So y'all are kind of like any. y'all are kind of like USCB. How they're kind of further away, and then there's like the majority of them all in the Northeast. How the majority of Sun Conference teams are in Florida. So kind of like that. Yeah, all our away games are flights because it's way up in the Northeast. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that is dope. Um, what were some of your favorite like college baseball stadiums you played in at Division One level? Um, I would say a hey, UNLV was my first year we went there. That was a pretty cool um, stadium in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, and then San Jose, um, California, we played at the it's like the Giants, some minor league um, field. That was a pretty cool experience. So probably those two are the top two. I got you. That's, yeah, it's awesome, but. Uh, now, playing in the Midwest, I played football there at my old school at Lincoln, and then coming down to Florida playing completely different. What, what's it like trying to pitch in, like, February in Omaha versus April in Florida? Yeah, it's a definitely a difference, um, especially just the training aspect. Like, you in the Midwest, you got to tr- throw indoors over winter break. You can't mm-hmm. throw outside, long toss outside. So, um just kind of getting warmed up is a lot easier down here than it is in the Midwest, and I think that's a great benefit um, living down here. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you're, at, you're at Kaiser now. Do you feel like playing at Sylvester Field is a little bit of a disadvantage for pitchers? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely <laughs> is, especially 
um, how my arsenal plays. Um, it's like high fastballs, and if someone just puts a good swing on over the left field wall, it usually gets out. But I mean, I, I, I think it works to our advantage more because we have really good bats. So I mean, I feel like we can win any game. Um, so that's a benefit. Yeah, absolutely. You said you got a lot of good bats. One of the best, Tim Bouchard, is up for the SunCast MVP. It's been going around a lot. And actually, when I get done with this podcast, I got one more interview. And I'm just waiting until 11.59, and I'm releasing a, a special episode, which I guess people will hear probably hear, hear this now after they hear that because it's releasing on Friday, and I'm releasing the winner at midnight. Um, if, I, if I had to guess, when people are hearing this, Tim will most likely be the Suncast MVP. Fuentes are still a, uh, got a good chance of winning it, but you know, uh, with that kind of bat and other guys in your lineup, just what's it like pitching, knowing you can go out there and you can give up a couple runs, knowing you got one of the best lineups in the in not only the Sun Conference but in the entire NA back backing you up. Yeah, no, it definitely helps. I mean, that Southeastern series, I don't know if you follow, but. The game I pitched, I gave up four in the first, and then they come back and score four right away. So it's basically a new ball game. So they definitely give me a lot more confidence on the mound, um, just be able to fill up the zone, and then I know that we're going to score runs. Yeah, I actually find that you said that exact same thing happened, not this past weekend, but the weekend before for our guy, um, Xavier Rodriguez. He dropped a fourth spot against Warner. And it was like, oh, boy. And then I think the final score of the game was like 18-4 to four or something like that. Yeah, these lineups in the Sun Conference, they are elite, dude. They're just so dangerous. Um, you know, obviously Southeastern's got a hell of a lineup, and Kaiser does too. But who were some of the lineups that you've faced this year that you had, I guess, the most fun pitching against? Or one of the bigger challenges might be the better question. Yeah, I mean, obviously Southeastern, all their bats. Um, I feel like everyone in that lineup has a chance to go hit a home run, especially at our field. So, I mean, oh, yeah. it's definitely tough um, pitching to guys like that and teams like that. Um, I'd say also St. Thomas is another team. Um, they're always tough to play against. We played them a lot nowadays, especially in midweeks. So, probably those are the two top teams. Granted, they're the top two teams or top three teams in conference. Um, yeah. But those two. You know, top three, excuse me, two of the top teams in the nation have St. Thomas ranked eighth, and I don't know if there are seven teams better than them. In my personal rankings, I think they're probably fourth or fifth. Um, you guys aren't in the top 25, though, and I just don't. So, until – wait, no, y'all got back in, right? In the new yeah, yeah, we got three. Right. We're 19th now, I believe. That would have been hilarious if y'all were outside top 25, <laughs> took two or three from number one, and still been outside of it. Like, well, I don't know. Who pissed off them boys down in West Palm Beach? But <laughs> no, nah, they're they're definitely pissed. So, um, so you're you're a lefty, right? No, I'm righty. Righty, righty. righty. Who's y'all? Y'all have a lefty guy though, a lefty starter. Yeah, uh, Caleb Williams is a lefty. Okay, that's the game. That's the game. I'm pretty sure I watched um, when that game. I was watching that with Seth Lovell, uh, who I'll have on the podcast soon. Uh, Weber pitcher had Tommy John uh, like two days before the season happened. And, he was disgusting, he was, but we were just getting pissed off for that because other than Kenny's home runs, they wasn't a whole lot going on for the Warrior offense down in West Palm Beach. But you know, <laughs> now having an elite rotation, how y'all got is it a little bit of a competition? Just every weekend trying to see who can outpitch the other. Is it how's that like? Yeah, it's definitely fun. Um, Danny Galvin is another guy; he's one of our top arms. Um, we both have the same number of wins right now, so we're kind of have a little competition going, like who's going to get the most wins by the end of the season. So. It's fun um, competing with those guys, for sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of great arms in the Sun Conference. Um, so far, have you kind of noticed any battles you've had this year, some of your favorite battles against other guys um, in the Sun Conference? Yeah, I mean, I pitched against Gillespie. Um, like like I said, I gave up a four spot, and then he gave up a four spot, and it was kind of like we're, we didn't we both didn't have our best stuff, but we were just going back and forth, and we needed to eat up innings for our team. So yeah. it was kind of fun going back and forth with him. Yeah, talk a little bit about that, man. What's the difference? You know, sometimes you go out there, and I'm sure it's not like, well, okay, I'm going to put up a four spot here. I'm just not going to have my stuff. You know, what's kind of your mindset when that happens versus, you know, you go out there and you start strong and you get get it rolling a little bit? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously you don't want to start off by giving up four, but, I mean, that's the reality. So you just kind of, kind of look at it like, all right, this happened. Like, mm-hmm. I got out of the inning. Now it's a fresh new inning, especially if our bats are – working like we're going to put up more than four runs to game for the most part um so just trusting my bats and trusting what i've done and all the preparation i've done uh, is the main thing gotcha are there are there any guys like uh kind of in the conference that stuck out so far just actually facing them it's like i don't know just nest maybe like they're just fouling it off you feel like you should have got them out by now just what are some like specific bats if you could remember this year um let me think that's, I mean, probably, that's probably Kenny, one I should have asked I mean, you before before I uh, before the podcast. You should have thought about that. Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, your guy from Weber, Kenny, um, he was hitting all weekend. So I mean, it was kind of like, like you said, he was one of the main bats that was only going that weekend, and you could tell like he was on. He was a tough out, even with nobody on. Like he could change a game in one swing. So yeah, I mean him, and then. I mean, Southeastern's leadoff hitter got me twice. He had two homers off me, so well, I mean, he was a tough out. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't remember his name, but I he was a it. tough out. Yeah, I, that's Abdiel Guadalupe. I think he usually plays right field for him. Uh, I got so <laughs> game one against them. I think we got it to like the top of the eighth. It's a tie game. Maybe game two. Maybe it was game two. It, anyways, and I'm very confident. I'm like. Okay, we got a real chance here. We got, we we can get them here in the bottom of the eighth. You know, maybe uh, we'll send Dawson out there or Dawson out there top of the ninth, and maybe walk it off in the eight, in the ninth zone. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm getting they get one or two guys on. And Weber's field to dead center is about 400. I think it's like 390, mm-hmm. 395. He hit one to left center field, and I was looking down at my notes for the game, and I heard it, and my eyes just went up like that. It's right back down because it, it was one of those, it just sounded like Tiger Woods hitting a golf ball. He went, Dude! And I'm like, that's a high fly ball, left center field, and that has broken the tie here in Babson Park. I was so blown. And it's just that whole lineup, man, they will, they'll turn it around just like that. I mean, we, I thought we had them in the bag again when 23 days later after the series, we do the makeup game. And it's, what was it? It was nine five Weber at one point, and it got to be ten eight in the top of the seventh, and then they scored twelve straight runs, and it was twenty to ten. And I was like, "That's crazy." Yeah, and it was against. It wasn't like we we had JV guys out there pitching. I mean, these were good pitchers for us throwing good pitches, but when they flipped the switch and that talked with Rob Adams after the game, he's like, "I don't know why we." wait until the seventh inning to turn it on. I said, well, so y'all, so the game's the last nine innings, Rob. I reckon that's why. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, I don't know, because we had a sun delay. Another thing about Weber is when that sun sets, and it sets in right center field, and it gets right in the right-handers' eyes, and they can't see, the umpires mm-hmm. can't see. 
and then we'll just do a sun delay. I think they outscored us like 13 to 1 after the sun delay. Uh, yeah, I, I was blowed. But going into, going into the Sun Conference tournament, y'all are in a pretty good position right now, especially if y'all can get three against Florida Memorial. And obviously the top of the conference, and the only, y'all are the only team in the nation that has been able to knock, knock them off is Southeastern. So what's it going to take if y'all do run into them, say the Sun Conference uh, championship, and y'all are both y'all both have goose eggs in the loss column, and y'all have got to run a two out of three series with them. What do you think? So what's it going to take to repeat that success against the fire? Um, I'd say just kind of playing our game, um, not doing too much. I feel like at times in the past when we were kind of struggling, mm-hmm. it'd be like everyone trying to make the big play or make the big pitch, and just playing as a team um, is a main thing, and just. Um, staying on track um, with everything, everyone's preparation. That's what's key. Yeah, man. I mean, that's exactly about what I thought you'd say. I mean, y'all, <laughs> I do think when y'all were struggling a little bit this year, it was, I was confused because it was like, well, I thought these guys were going to be right up there with St. Thomas and Southeastern. And when y'all kind of fell off, um, it was mostly in non conference play and then stubbed a little bit. And then it was, you know, I said earlier, it was the Weber series, and y'all have not looked back at all since then and I, i'm really excited to see you guys in a regional um y- y- y'all st thomas and southeastern um I-, I guess warner to some extent too i don't really you know weber warner is a little bit of a little bit of a thing not too much I mean, still and hopefully weber too uh, i think those are five teams in the sun conference that are regional worthy teams um you know unfortunately one of those teams will likely not be able to pick up a win and Sun Conference tournament play, and that's that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles. And that team could very well see themselves not getting a regional, even though I think they fully, fully should. And I've been on my soapbox a lot about that. Just just how good this conference is. There should be five teams in a regional, and I'm rooting for all five teams once they get in because I want there to be five teams in Idaho um, here in uh, when's the tournament? I think mid May. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mid May, something like that. Either way, but um, just what is it about this tournament that makes it so so good from a pitcher's point of view? Yeah, I mean, we talk about it all the time um, within our, our team, just how like this conference tournament is basically like a World Series almost. Oh, like it's yeah, it's any team in it can win it. I mean, we got I think five teams right now in the top twenty-five, so it's like. It's like the best regional to exist if there was to be one. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. It's definitely it's definitely tough going in, but I mean that's, that's how you want it. You want to face the bets before you have to play your best. So I mean, it's definitely a benefit being in this conference, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's say if you took uh, some this conference and put it in a, uh, let's say take the five teams in it and let's all put them in the. Conference, the Big East Conference, how do you think some, some of the teams would actually be able to fare? Oh, I definitely think any they would be able to play with them, no doubt, especially like Southeastern, I think, could play with anybody, not only Big East, but in the country. Oh. Um, yeah, and I think they would play just fine. They wouldn't be like 10-run games every time. It'd be close battle games, just like they are now within the conference. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, they could I compete, probably, no doubt. Absolutely. I probably wouldn't expect, you know, like Warner or Weber – uh, probably Kaiser too. Honestly, outside of Southeast, I wouldn't be like, oh, I think they have a legit, excuse me, shot of going and winning the Big East. But yeah, I don't think there'd be a lot of games taken. And it just goes to show how deep this conference is. And even at the bottom, 
you know, uh, teams like Florida Memorial going and taking some. Uh, Thomas pretty much ending a, a hell of a run from USCB, who needs a ton of help coming into the final weekend. But if you took those teams, you put them in a lot of the conference in the NAIA. I don't think they're at the bottom of those conferences at all. I think they're winning the regular season and competing very much so, and they, they would find themselves in a lot of regionals too. So, Garrett, just kind of outside of college baseball, I see the Tampa Bay Rays uh, flag <laughs> flying in the back. Do you think y'all got a shot this year? Yeah, no doubt. I think we have a good good chance this year and a good team. Yeah, y'all are in a hell of a, hell of a uh, division, though. AL East <laughs> yeah. is tough. Yeah, AL and NL East. I'm a, as everybody knows, huge Braves fan. Still on cloud nine a little bit. Um, it, it feels good getting one because then it's kind of like it's like now we're off to a bad start, and it's like ah, we were in a we're off to a bad start last year, and look how that that turned out. But you no, know, it, it doesn't stop me from yelling at my TV on a random weekday night against like the Cubs or something like that. I'm pretty sure that's who we play tonight. Uh, yeah, but they, uh, I, I love Tampa. I, lo- I love the Rays. Um, they probably I'd say they're my second favorite team. One, just living down here, and two, they're a likable team. You know, a young team mm-hmm. that has been there a couple times. Now, I was a huge Tampa Bay fan in 2020 when they played the Dodgers. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a team I don't like. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I hate the Dodgers. You got, you got teams that you, you don't rock with at all? Yeah, Dodgers are the one of them. I don't like the Yankees, obviously, or the Red Sox in the same division. So, yeah. probably those teams, because, I mean, they're always pretty good. Yeah, facts. I, I I could Red Sox. I'm kind of indifferent, but yeah, Yankees, Dodgers. I feel like those are two. If they're if you're not a fan, you're a fan of one of the other 28 teams. Just those two teams can kick rocks. So Tampa Bay, the Rays. They have there have been rumors floating around about possibly moving to Montreal or just kind of doing a flip flop of Montreal. Do you think there's any chance of that happening, or you want them boys to stay in St. Pete? I mean, I'd prefer them to stay just because now I live down here. But, I mean, I could see it happening just because the fan base isn't as big. But, I mean, I feel like it's getting bigger as they're getting better. So, we'll we'll see. It's still a young uh, franchise. I feel like a problem with Tampa, it got there, like, pretty much, I want to say probably like 10, maybe 15 years after the Marlins uh, started up. Do you know when Tampa came about? Uh it was like, what, early 2000s, late 90s, something like that, right? They're a yeah, young franchise. Know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. And then, obviously, trying to start anything in the Southeast. That's why Nashville doesn't have a baseball team. They've tried to start an MLB team in Nashville and Charlotte many times. We've been competing against the Braves fan base. Uh, it, it's almost impossible. And that means we run deep, and we ain't switching up. We didn't switch <laughs> up for a long time, and we just, we just renewed our contracts with that, that ring we just got. But um, now it, it's it's not always easy being a sports fan of the Braves. Um, that, that counts for any Georgia sports team, and you know the Rays. They've been there a couple times before. Uh, actually, I, oh, you're gonna love this. I just thought, but so they lost to the Phillies in '08, correct? Tampa mm-hmm. did. So the manager for the Phillies when they won that Charlie Manuel, that's the dad of the manager for Weber. Oh really? Yeah, huh? I, yeah. I didn't know that at all because his name's Colin Martin, and then you know, Charlie Manuel. I didn't. I never obviously met him. Made that connection. He was telling me one day about how his dad would always get in fights with like, or not get in fights, but he would like call out these Philly sports writers that would be talking bad about him on the radio and stuff. I'm like, I'm like, Colin, who's your dad? 
Uh, it's another weird thing. Like, he, do, he doesn't like being called. He's a young guy. He doesn't like being called. He's like, so just call me Colin or Martin or whatever. I'm like, Colin, who is your, is your dad? And he's like, my dad's Charlie Manuel. I'm like, I almost fell out to the grass, <laughs> threw my pencil. <laughs> I'm like, so oh, I'm at home. Thousand men, a thousand win manager, a man that gave me nightmares with Ryan Howard and Chase Utley and Doc Holliday for all those years. That's your dad, uh, but yeah. yeah, he used to. His dad would always if they if he saw like a radio host that would talk shit about him. Um, on the radio, he would call him out and be like, "What? What you want to talk about it now while I'm here?" <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. I, I don't know what he looked like when he was younger, but I just picture like old white-haired Charlie Manuel uh, yelling mm-hmm. at him. But I mean, it just goes to show with that too. Um, you know, South yeah, Southeastern too. Being St. Thomas, their pitching coach has been around the majors for uh, for a long time. Uh, in this conference, there's a lot of lot of major league connections, and that's just also being you know in this and here, Central Florida and down there, South Florida are some hotbeds. Do you guys, you guys got? Um, has anybody from Kaiser been around the majors or in the minors yeah, at I mean, all? Our, our uh, coach Fordyce, he played in major leagues for over ten years. He's catcher, so I mean, that was a big reason why I decided to come to Kaiser too. Yeah, yeah, that's dope, dude. Um, so outside of Outside of Kaiser, or is outside of baseball at Kaiser, what what else about Kaiser you like? I mean, obviously the location, West Palm Beach. Um, I'm right right by the beach. It's like a ten minute drive. Um, yeah, instead of a ten minute drive from the beach, I'm sure that beach a ten minute drive to cornfields up in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's not much to do up in Iowa. There's a lot more to do down here, so that's a Huge benefit. No, I, I tell you, there is one thing I saw, or two things in, in Iowa. One we talked about earlier, but uh, one has popped in my head. I want to go visit the Field of Dreams. Apparently, they have turned mm-hmm. that into a complete like youth complex. Now, you heard anything about that? I I went to the Field of Dreams when I was, I want to say maybe eight years ago, but I I wasn't there when they like renewed it for that game. So I kind of want to see it, what it looks like now. Yeah, and what an insane game that was! Uh, yeah, what was that, that was Anderson? Anderson had the walk off or something like that. Yeah, Tim Anderson. Yeah, that that's crazy. They were my AL pick last year. To, I had them and the Braves. Um, you're not gonna like my AL pick this year, but <laughs> I got Toronto. I think Toronto is gonna win win the pennant. I'm sure that, that, that's, that's my pit. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we went ahead and got 25 minutes in this podcast before you get mad at, <laughs> mad at me about it. But um, no, I mean, I mean, I think Tampa's got a good shot too. Um, you know, last year was just unfortunate against the Red Sox. I'm sure that one that one stings. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I, but that's part of being in such a good division too. It gets you ready for the playoffs. But every now and then, you got to deal with a team. I think the Braves. So the way I got it working out now, I think the Braves are going to play the Phillies in the DS, beat them in four. I'll laugh at all my Philly Philly fans <laughs> uh, or friends that are uh, friends of Philly, and then I think we'll beat the Dodgers, and then and then I'll laugh at. I don't really have a ton of Dodgers fans. I wonder why, but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the ones that I do have, I'll crack some jokes with them, and then I think. I, 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 I mean, I say every year that we'll win, but geez, man, now that I know that we can, I mean, but um, if we don't win, I do hope Tam- I do hope Tampa gets one soon. Um, you know, fun team, fun team to root for. Um, you know, as long as your uh, manager isn't pulling your ace, 
you know, four innings <laughs> into, yeah. into a hell of a game. What's y'all's manager's name again? Slipped my mind. Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash. Yeah, that's that yeah. was a that was a bold move by him. Yeah, uh, no doubt. I remember I was watching that game. This was when I went to school up in Missouri, and I was working at Planet Fitness, and there's nobody there, so I'm just sitting there watching the game, and I'm like, okay, we can win this one, and Game Seven, anything can happen, and then he pulls up, and I'm like, well, okay, now let me spins on this. This is a Mickey Mouse title for the Dodgers. This this doesn't count. Uh, this isn't a real World Series. Now, if the Braves had won the World Series 2020, am I saying that? <laughs> no comment. But until then, I, I just I don't like the Lakers either. Not a fan of Lakers. Um, I love. Uh, I, I like Kobe, but um, mm-hmm. I, it's not necessarily that I don't like the Lakers. I really just don't like LeBron. And uh, so they won in the bubble, and then the Dodgers won in the bubble. I'm like, oh well, good. I can just parlay <laughs> these into one big bubble championship. This none of this counts. Yeah, well, uh, Garrett, that, that's – oh, actually, one more. So, uh, there were some guys – this is something I've always loved asking. Some of the guests already know I'm about, about to ask you. But who are some guys in the majors that you look at, you kind of model your game after? Um, I'd probably say – I mean, Max Scherzer's always been a guy that I love watching. He's always – just pitches very competitively, and he seems very zoned in all the time. Seems pretty – kind of like – Intimidation factor, I kind of like. Um, Are you that on I mean, game Justin, day? You, you kind of a psycho on game day? Um, I wouldn't go far to say like I'm a psycho, but <laughs> I definitely am locked in. Like you don't want to really talk yeah. to me like mid game or stuff like that because I'm pretty laser focused. Uh, that's on how. Game day yeah, that's well. how. That's pretty much how Martin is for us, Dylan Martin. But um, mm-hmm. I, I don't like Scherzer just because he's always been a brace killer and he's always like <laughs> pissed for our rivals pretty much, the Nats and then the Dodgers and now the Mets. But, I mean, the stories that I've heard about him just you know, getting on YouTube dives and uh, I, he's insane. Like mm-hmm. not so – now he's cool pretty much until about an hour before and then right after the game. But like, I heard during – He's yelled at pretty much every manager he's had since, like, the minor leagues. I'm not advocating you to do that at all. Please don't. <laughs> but, uh, it, it, like, it's crazy. Sort of like he'd be in high A just ripping his manager a new one for pulling him at five. What do you think he says to Ka- Kevin Cash if he tried to pull him? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. That, that's a good question. That would be a really funny interaction. I would love to see that. Yeah, that'd be, funny. That'd be great. You, you ever see the picture of him uh, when he was trying to bunt? And for it, during batting practice, oh, yeah, 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 blasted his, yeah, right on his face. Yeah, I think he went like six and two thirds or like 10 strikeouts. His next, I don't think he pitched that game because I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. not just shattered his nose, but like, uh, like 10 days later, he was pitching again and he threw an absolute gym. But yeah, yeah um, yeah, that, that, that was my last question for you, Garrett. Um, I really appreciate you having, pre, pre, uh, appreciate you coming home if I can talk. Uh, uh, it's really, really fun, man. Um, I, I like interviewing you Kaiser guys. I feel like sometimes people from Kaiser can get a bad rap because y'all have life too easy. You live in West Palm Beach, Florida. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, a lot of fun. I uh, appreciate you. Like, good luck this weekend. Um, I, that's all the questions I got for you. If you got anything for me, fire away. If not, I'm all good, brother. No, I appreciate it. I also appreciate you doing this podcast. Um, I've been listening to it since you started for the most part, so it's pretty awesome, interesting man. listening to other players um, and how they – like their stories and stuff like that. So 
Thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, good. I'm good to hear you're you're a long time listener. I really appreciate that. You kind of like this podcast, how it is. Just keep doing the interviews more than just the stat based how it was at the beginning. Yeah, no doubt. Just kind of finding out people's story because I mean, I had no idea about anyone on the field, and it's kind of interesting to know more about. Them. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Um, right after this, here in about 30 minutes, I'm interviewing Kayla Rowell, who's having an incredible season for Coastal Georgia. Um, they awesome. have a, they're having a hell of a year, and just being able to talk talk with that because you know, I mean, people just don't don't know like what's happening with uh, Brian Fuentes at Southeastern, just how the people mm-hmm. up there they don't know what's happening down here at Weber, and so on and so forth. And I think it's just been really fun, just you know, spreading that love around. I can't wait to keep doing it. Uh, I love baseball, dude. Um, love talking to you guys about it, and I just can't wait to keep it rolling. I, I fully plan keeping it going uh, somewhat through the summer. Probably go to like one episode a week, but you know, still. And then obviously pick it right back up in the fall. Um, I still have baseball people on in the fall, just you know, more just BSing and you know, a lot. Of, hopefully, a lot of repeat guests. Hopefully, you'll be you'll be one of them we have on during the off season, and then getting into football and basketball and all that, and just you know, keep this ball rolling until. Next spring, we're ready to roll again, man. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Absolutely appreciate you having on. And that will do it for this interview with Mr. Garrett Rice. And here is Kayla Rowell. You know what that means? No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. No, it's not. It gets the people going. All right, and we welcome on a very special guest now. It is a young lady from coastal Georgia, Kayla Rowell. Kayla, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. Yeah, I do believe you are the first fellow Georgian that I've had on the podcast. I may may think trying to think back. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure you're the first Georgian. So it feels good having another uh, Peach State uh, person on. So just tell, let's tell the audience who is you know, mostly Florida, being in the Sun Conference. You know, Weber, Southeastern, Kaiser, etc. And Coastal Georgia and Thomas, the lone two Georgia schools. Let's just tell the audience before we jump into softball. Um, you know, what makes Georgia better than Florida? Well, first of all, it's not as hot. Hey, that, that's one. I'm <laughs> it's sweating, still hot, but it's room. not as hot. No, the humidity's <laughs> insane down here. <laughs> um, really, I don't have any kind of, like, besides it being hot, nothing that stands out as far as it being a lot better. I tell you, um, I tell you what, I should have I, I should have asked you this. this time when I told you about what I want to talk about on the podcast, I probably should have told you this. Uh, before it's just kind of popped in my mind that you were my first fellow Georgian I've had on. We can circle back to that. Um, I think first off, boiled peanuts are a big one for me. <laughs> boiled peanuts in South Georgia beat the hell out of any of these peanuts. Even like on the, they, they have boiled peanut stands set up on the side of the road down here. They don't they don't even touch the, the peanuts in South Georgia. But uh, t- let's let's talk a little bit about Coastal Georgia. Uh, you know, Coastal Georgia is not quite as well known as the Sun Conference, doesn't have football, baseball, kind of the two big sports, but they dang sure have softball. Y'all are a hell of a team. Y'all are top 10 and looking to make another run at the national tournament and win the Sun Conference. Let's talk a little bit about your team and what makes Coastal Georgia a powerhouse in softball. Um, well, I would say in South Georgia, we have a lot of girls that have a lot of talent. Um, yeah. And that's where, as far as Costa Bows, as far as I've been there, he recruits a lot of girls from South Georgia, but he also, of course, he recruits a little bit of everywhere. Um, but recruits a lot of girls from South Georgia and Florida. So, and just from experience, those are the two main states that have the best softball 
athletes as far as softball goes. Um, I think it's just because since it's so hot outside, we get to play year round. Yeah. So, um, so that's one reason. Um, and also we're just a very small, tiny, tiny school. Like I said, we only have softball, boys and girls, basketball, um, boys and girls, tennis, boys and girls, golf. And I believe that's it. Oh, wow. Yes, that oh, wow. is it. So we, we don't have many sports, but we are a very close, tight-knit community. Um, and so everybody is just for everybody. So we all go to each other's games. It's just um, it's a great atmosphere. So I think just having that community has really helped us this year and the recruiting, of course. Right. So something we've talked about a lot on the podcast with baseball and football is the competition level is a very similar to one like a Division two level, even a lower Division one. Uh, you, know, you came from a Division two program. Uh, can we just talk a little bit about softball and you know, in that conference here in the Peach Belt? I don't really know a whole lot about Peach Belt softball, but can you just talk about the level of competition in the Peach Belt versus the Sun Conference? Um, I will say when in the Sun Conference, everyone's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was in the Peach Belt, there was always you had your three powerhouse teams, and the other teams were kind of just not there. Um, <laughs> um, but I know in the Sun Conference, anybody can beat anybody. Um, and it's it's a very competitive conference. Um, so I think that's the real big standout as far as um, that goes. There's a lot more good athletes in softball as far as the two conferences. Right. You said, you said something earlier about um, your coach. Uh, what, what's his name again? Uh, coach Mike Minnick. Mike Minnick. Uh, <laughs> when I was doing my research, this was way back when I first started the podcast and I was talking uh, a lot more about softball and whatnot, um, I got to looking at his, what he's done at – coastal Georgia and the first couple of years he was well below 500 and now he's built coastal Georgia into being one of the premier spots in the NAIA um, you know he said recruiting a lot of girls in South Georgia and Florida has been a big part of it what were some other things that coach Minnick has been able to do to you know put y'all at the level y'all are at um I think it really has to do with just the He's very passionate about um, the sport. He loves it. He lives, breathes softball. Um, and I think that is really is what helped us, has helped us get his morale and everything, how we, we see how passionate he is about this sport. And it kind of we just kind of feed off of that. Um, like I said, he's very good at recruiting. <laughs> yeah. um, and he's just, he loves it. And so I think we feed off of that. Yeah, I tell you something uh, about softball that I that I love. You even you see it on TV, but I think softball is one of the sports that has the biggest upgrade when you go to see it in person because the dugouts are unlike anything that you see. You know, even your football sidelines are very serious. Um, you have some rah rah every now and then if your team's on defense. Uh, baseball, the dugouts can be fun, but nothing beats uh, softball dugouts. I think Weber probably has the best dugout in the conference. Do you, you agree with that, or do you, you think Coastal Georgia might have it? Um, they def- Weber's definitely the loudest. I will yeah. say that. Okay. Um, All right. We won that title, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. No. Um, we 
have is for of course we we only have right now we have 15 players that are able to play we have um 19 eight, sorry 18 players on the team um so and then when we were travel when we would travel they they couldn't travel um so we only have 15 people um cheering so at one well a little bit less than that so i think that we do have we we cheer like as loud as we can it's just not as loud as say other teams yeah um but no the heart and everything is still there we're still loud so yeah y'all definitely do y'all talking on the field you're uh leading the conference now and it's looking good in the conference tournament coming up but what's it going to take for y'all to go back to back um i think um Right now, because our defense right now is where our defense and pitching are doing a pretty dang good job. Oh yeah. Um, we just I think we just need to focus on hitting the ball, and I think that's that's what it's going to take for us to be able to pull pull it back to back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's a huge huge tournament. Um, I think right now it's between Southeastern Weber and obviously y'all. Um, but you know, anybody Warner. Warner's pitching has come on really good, and if they get hot with their staff, they could definitely pull off a couple upsets. But um, th- there are a lot of great pitchers in the Sun Conference. Who are some of your favorites? Yeah. yeah. Who are some? I'm sorry. What'd you say? Who are some some of your uh, some of the pitchers that you've gone up against that are some of your most fun matchups you face so far? Um, I would say. Honestly, um, so from Thomas, um, I'm not sure of her last name, um, but her name, her first name is Lair, and she's a lefty that pitches for Thomas. Um, she was a pretty fun matchup. Um, and also, um, uh, Kayla Swinson would be my other pretty yeah, good matchup. Did. Yeah, she's um, pretty solid. Uh, you, you said Thomas was one of the teams, uh, yeah, they're the, the other team in the Peach State and the Sun Conference. Is there any kind of rivalry with the Nighthawks? Um, not really. I think our biggest ri- – our rivalry is with USCB. Um, oh, really? That's what our – That's I guess that would be technically our rivalry. Okay. Because um, we're only an hour and 15 minutes from USCB. That's right. Brunswick is kind of more East Georgia, more towards Savannah and whatnot. And then Tom- Thomasville <laughs> is – actually, I didn't even know Thomas University – at all, and it turns out I grew up like an hour away from them um, in Hallpenny. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Is that, there, there any beef with USCB, or is it just a distance thing? No, I mean, no, not really. I mean, it's really just a difference, and Coach Mike always tells us um, we take – when he recruits them, they take some of our players, and we take some of theirs. So, oh, yeah. I think that, that, just that, Coach Mike talking to us about that, I think that kind of – brings up but no, nothing no any kind of beef or anything it's just i think it's just the close being yeah, close you said uh something about coach mike earlier he's really passionate uh, about softball i think softball coaches might be the mo- most passionate of, of any coaches because every time i go to a weber softball game either our coach or the other team's coach is gonna let the umpire get an earful deservedly or not so but i think softball coaches they they're right up there with football coach football coaches are crazy i mean they are they're they're some insane football coaches but softball coaches they ride on up there so at coastal y'all obviously having a hell of a year um just talk talk to me and tell the audience a couple moments this season that have stood out to you um i would say 
really just um I'm trying to think. <laughs> um just that run we went to when we played in that tournament in Columbus. Um I don't know if you know much about that. Um but we went uh five and oh and we this is when we were still receiving votes before we even got our rankings. Mm. Um we played three teams, um three ranked teams and then two receiving votes teams, I believe. And we went five and zero, oh, and um, we only we only gave up three runs the whole the whole weekend. Oh wow! Um, and we played so we played five games, um, and so we shut we shut out uh, four teams, four ranked teams. So I think that was the biggest run as far as um, this year goes. Um, I think we did pretty well with that. So gotcha, awesome. Uh, you know, softball, uh, obviously, it's like a lot of other sports. You create brotherhoods, and for y'all so- sisterhoods, they'll last a lifetime. Um, you know, talk about so- some of the gals that you've met at Coastal Georgia. <laughs> um, Give them, don't, don't, expose them, don't expose them too much on, on the podcast, but um, you, can talk, you can talk a little bit about them. <laughs> no, and everybody with us, everybody loves everybody. We all get along. Um of course, if you have, it's like a, it's like a family. Of course, you have fights and arguments and stuff like that. But we get over them super quick, and it just, we just kind of roll with it. We, we love each other, and um, I think also since having that small community that we have, just being a small school, um, that also has been a big part of why we all. Uh, mesh well together. So, yeah, it's something I talk. That's uh, talked with a lot of people in the Sun Conference at other schools. Uh, it's, it's small schools across. You know, Kaiser's one of the bigger ones in Southeastern, but even still, those are small schools to most university standards. And I think it is special being at small schools like that, where you do get the opportunity to really bond, whether whether that's a good thing or a bad thing uh, with some people, but. Uh, yeah, you, no matter what, you'll find guys and gals that you're, the, the relationships are unmatched. And I think that's a fun thing about being a student athlete in general. But you know, obviously there's a, there are a ton, ton of challenges in being a uh, student athlete. So, Kayla, um, you know, outside of softball, what are some, some things you, you enjoy just outside of the sport? I know being last- a st- Four years of my life I've spent doing softball. So, um, and, it, and that's always a tough question. I always like asking it to guests that have on because it, it, a lot of times they'll sit back and think. I'm like, and they're like, gosh, I don't really know what else I do to it. I, I was like that a lot with football. And uh, when I played soccer for a while, I was like, people ask me, so what do you like doing outside of sports? I'm like, um, practicing for my sport, working out for my sport. <laughs> Uh, watching Maybe film from watch my sport. <laughs> yeah, going to watch my sport when I'm not when I'm playing, but um, no, yeah, that's that's good. You, you kind you kind of strike me as a little bit of a country girl. Am I am I getting that right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm super country, but no, I was raised southern. I guess you would say. Uh huh. You you were born and raised in Brunswick, right? Yes, born and raised. So what's that? What's that like being able to play kind of for a hometown team? Um. I actually, now that I look back on it, I really enjoy it. Um, whenever I graduated high school, I was 
ready to get out of Brunswick. I wanted to go yeah. away, go away. Um, and then when I realized my freshman year, um, I just, just, it didn't, GSW didn't feel like the perfect fit for me and I was ready to come home. Um, and my coach, Coach Mike, he, um, he's seen me as I have grown up playing. So he's been able to watch me play and all that. Um, so when I asked him if he would welcome me to his team, he was very welcoming. Um, he was just like, yeah, come on, come on. And so I was very grateful that he accepted me into his program. Um, so yeah, it's really great. Now that looking back on it, I've built so much more relationships, so much more, um, actual like friendships, um, that I, I don't think I would have made at GSW just because I miss home so much. No, that, yeah, that's awesome um, hearing that because it's a very similar experience for me being far from home. Uh, it's It sucks, uh, you know, especially, you know, you don't, you don't have mama's cooking. Uh, no. Yeah, oh my God, I, I miss <laughs> my mom. Oh, she's, she's a cook. You sound like your, your mom's a cook too, perhaps? Oh, yeah. What, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, what are some of your favorite southern dishes that she can cook up? Um, well, I always like... Uh, like roast mac and cheese. Oh yeah. Uh, mashed potatoes and gravy. Yep. That's always a good one for me. Um, when I would come home um, at GSW every every so often, mm-hmm. I would always get her to make out chicken alfredo. <laughs> she makes the best chicken alfredo ever, and that's what I wanted when I was away. Every time I come home, that's what I wanted. <laughs> she said, "When you you're on the way back, driving driving back east from America's." She said, baby, what you want? Chicken Alfredo every time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't go oh, wrong yeah. with that. that that's, a, that's, a, that's a classic. Um, and I, I'm sure it's a hell of a lot better than some Olive Garden version uh, that we got. Football, that was our pregame meal. We would eat chicken Alfredo from Olive Garden. By the end of the year, I was kind of sick of it. But I got, I got a feeling uh, your mom was cooking uh, a little bit better than Olive Garden. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Kayla, that's about all, all that I, all the questions that I've got for you uh, for this interview. If you have anything for me, feel free to fire away or anything else you want to say about Coastal Georgia, your teammates this season. Uh, open mic for you. If not, I'm all good. Um, no, I, I think I pretty much covered everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm good. <laughs> all right. Well, Kayla, good luck the rest of this season, unless you're playing Weber. Hope you're going out there and – Picking up some wins, uh, but seriously, good luck this year. And once y'all, once we get out of conference play and start heading into regionals and eventually back over into Columbus, I hope y'all find that same success again until y'all play the Lady Warriors. Thank, <laughs> and thank you for for coming hey. on. Had a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, making history, make be first uh, Mariner on and first Georgian on. So, <laughs> yeah, that. All right, all right, Kayla, have a good one. You too.